Hey everyone, Sarah Peck here, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. As always, hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a minute to leave us a review, we would love that. If you need any of the show notes from the show, head to startuppregnant.com. Hey, hey, everyone. This is a shorter mini episode. So for the month of March, one of the things I am experimenting with because I love to experiment, I'm experimenting with a series of shorter episodes as little teasers and like pull out notes from the bigger interviews that we do. So every week this month that we release a long form interview, I'm also going to do a shorter 10 to 15 minute episode, mini episode that looks at something specific that the guest and I talked about and dive into it in a little more detail so that it can be this really useful piece of strategy and application. And also as busy parents and as entrepreneurs, I don't always have time to listen to a 60-minute show. Sometimes I'm scrolling through my podcast feed and I'm looking for smaller, bite-sized things to be able to listen like while I'm cooking dinner and I've got 15 minutes and I'm not doing like a crazy hour-long meal prep, but I've got 15 minutes and I want to learn something new. So that's the goal of these mini episodes. And I would love to hear your feedback about whether or not you find these useful. So definitely send us a note, give us an email, our email is on our website, or leave a comment on this blog post and let me know what you think. So the thing I want to talk to you about today is a writing practice. I asked Tara Gentili in the episode just before this about her writing practice and how she manages to be so prolific and the writing work that she does. And one of the essences of what she said in her interview was that she treats writing like call and response. I wanted to go into this and then share a little bit more about a writing practice tool that has been really helpful for me. Call and response, when you think about your pieces and the things that you're writing, not as perfect, polished, finished documents, but as the start of a conversation, for me, that really changed how I thought about what I was writing. It wasn't like I needed to be perfect and then it was done, and also that I could push publish and just run away from the piece, but instead it was the beginning of a conversation. So sometimes I like to imagine this is really geeky, but I actually think a lot of people who are listening are just as geeky as me, so you'll love this. One thing I I have done in the past and I like to do is when I host dinner parties or events, I actually send out a little required reading beforehand, or I suppose it's suggested reading. So I used to do these philosopher walks in San Francisco where I would invite groups of 10 to 15 people over to a specific destination. And I would send out a cluster of articles that were related and really interesting. And I'd ask people to read at least one of them so that when you came and you met all the other people in the group, we would be going on this long walk and you would get to talk about something that you both had in common or something that you had both read and begin to take your ideas to the next level. So instead of going over superficial things like, who are you? Where are you from? We could start to have deeper conversations about something we were both informed on. Sometimes when I do dinner parties, I do the same thing. where I'll send out a question in advance or a topic in advance. And I say, I really want to know what book you're all reading, right? Bring your favorite book that you're reading and your two takeaways. And we'll all go around the table and we'll share. So yes, full confession of a geek over here. 
By now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you, you know that's who I am and that's what you get when you listen. But so how this applies to writing is if you think about, like, say you're going to invite a bunch of people over and you want to start a conversation. It's like you're preparing for the conversation, not that you're having the final word or the final say on it. So you write out a piece and you talk about something that matters to you or something that you're asking about. For example, it could be, and this is something I do on the side, but it could be, hey, I'm thinking about how to structure a mastermind and this is what I've come up with so far. What are your ideas? When you think about it that way, when you think about it like a call and response and then you're asking people to weigh in, I find that the responses that I get and the feedback that I get and the invitation for people to contribute and collaborate can make my writing that much better. Because I see in the comments and the things that people respond, I learn things that I hadn't even thought about before. And that becomes the next piece. Or people will ask me a whole bunch of questions. They'll say, oh, well, why do you do it that way? And that generates even better writing. To step it back almost a meta level, one of the reasons why I decided to start a podcast was because I was writing a book and I wasn't getting enough back and forth on my ideas in the book writing process. And I needed to be in conversation with more people. So I started interviewing women and realized that I wasn't interviewing women just to put it in the book, that I should be having these conversations out loud and turned it into a podcast. So that's an example of the call and response that can be really helpful and generative in creating work. The other part about a writing practice that I wanted to share with you is a tool I use in creating ideas, coming up with ideas and putting pieces together. I first learned about this from Jeff Goins. I realized that he had mapped out something I was doing intuitively, but had never put a name to. And that's the idea that in the writing process, in the writing practice, it doesn't need to be all one continuous motion or one continuous thing. It's not like you sit down, come up with an idea, generate the whole thing, edit it, polish it, and then you're done. But in fact, there are often three specific stages to the craft, to the process. The first one is ideation. The second one is execution. And the third phase is editing. When we try to stuff these together too much, when we say I have to come up with an idea and write about it all in one sitting, sometimes it's too hard. So I pay a lot of attention to when I'm out about in the world, when I'm walking, when I'm on the subway, when I'm interacting with people, to the ideas, the ideation process. And I'll get an idea and then I'll be like, oh, you know, I should really write about a writing practice or I should write about masterminds or everyone keeps asking me about, you know, this specific thing in parenting. And I scratch them all down as fast as I can. I keep them both in my moleskin and I have the Captio tool on my phone and I have an Evernote folder. I have three places for capture. I know they're going to be there so I can flip through one of those and I can go back and find these ideas. Step one is just getting comfortable and familiar with capturing lots of ideas that you have. You can also be more diligent and structured about it and say, every Monday for an hour, I'm going to write down, you know, a new idea every minute. I'm going to write down 60 ideas. And you can just generate ideas. What could I write about? Well, I could write about how much I don't like social media right now. I could write about meditation. You just write tons and tons of ideas. That is separate. And that takes its own time and its own structure and its own rhythm. The execution, the writing about something, the writing, the researching, the thinking, that's a completely different part of my brain in many ways. And so I'll pull up an old idea, whatever the idea is, whatever the question is. The question might be, how do you start a mastermind? I'll say, okay. And I don't have to think about what I'm writing. I don't have to think, well, what's the topic and what's the most important topic? I already have that identified. And in the execution stage, I'm just writing everything I can think of about that. 
well, here's how I started a mastermind and this is what it looks like and this is how many people it should be and this is how much work it takes to have a facilitator. And I just write down as much as I can think about. And then I research too. What do other people say about masterminds and when did they start? I continue to do this execution part until I have a pretty solid draft. Sometimes it'll take four, five, six drafts where I just brain dump all of the content I can think about. And then I start to move it around and say, okay, but which parts are really important to answering this one question about what a mastermind is? And maybe this is breaking down into two or three pieces because it could be what is a mastermind and how do you structure it and how does it work? And a friend told me like, you have to give it the space it needs. And sometimes I accidentally write a lot more than I thought I was going to write about a topic. And I have to go back in and say, okay, which piece relates to each piece? The third phase is the polishing and the editing. It's bringing it to a final state. Once I have my blocks, you know, and this might be I have a block essay of about a thousand words on what a mastermind is, and then I have a block essay on how to structure one, and then I have another block essay on how to introduce yourself to people and find the right people. You know, that's three different thousand word essays. And I've worked them until they're pretty solid. They're pretty good. Then I go into like the fine tooth mode. And this is a different part of my brain. And it is so interesting to me to observe. I have a background training in in the architecture and the design world. And it's really fascinating to watch what parts of my brain turn on and off at different stages of the design process. I can do super fine-tuned details, but then I miss the big picture. And I can do big picture stuff, but then I'm not even paying attention to the details. And being able to modulate that and control it and say, okay, actually, I know that when I'm zoomed out and focused on the big picture, I miss the details. So I'm not going to focus on that right now. I'm going to save this for a later specific point in time when all I'm doing is the details. And when I'm editing, I do a couple of different rounds. First, I just read the whole thing through with that kind of part of my brain on that's looking specifically at the details. And then I switch screens. So if I was doing all of my work on a laptop, I will look at a preview on my phone because the different styling and setup and design, I see new things all the time. I learned this by sending email campaigns. And then when I read my emails on the phone, I would see so many different things. Is it, oh, I should use a different screen and see what it looks like. Sometimes I print it out and almost always I read it out loud. It's so important to read out loud. I use a spell check editor and a grammar check. And then if it's really important, a really important piece. I've got a proofreader that I hire to look at things and or I work with an editor on different publications. So that is it for today's breakout session. I wanted to cover why call and response is such a beautiful way to think about writing as a practice. Like what are the conversations you want to start? And what questions do you have of your audience and your peers and your colleagues? Such a great way to reframe writing. And I got that from Tara Gentili in our interview just before this episode. So just go back one episode if you want to listen. And then the second thing, I got this from Jeff Goins, who put words to a thing that I was kind of figuring out intuitively but hadn't identified, which is that writing can be in three parts. There's the ideation, which is coming up with and collecting ideas. There's the execution, the research, the bulking up. And then there's the fine-tooth editing. And those three things require three different parts of my brain, and it may be yours too. And separating them out and giving them each their own space has been life-changing for me in terms of my own writing practice. So thanks for listening. And do let us know what you thought of these mini episodes. We'll be doing one every week this month and seeing how it goes. 
There's so much we're experimenting with at Startup Pregnant. We've got a new long-form interview out every Monday. Every Monday, there's a new long-form interview with another amazing woman, another amazing guest who tells us about the intersection of entrepreneurship and parenting and pregnancy and fertility and business and leadership and basically all those things about what it looks like to be a woman and to be a leader and to work and the assumptions and biases and questions and struggles, all of it, because it's life. Thanks for being here. If you enjoyed this, please tell a friend because I would love to grow our audience and have more people who need a show like this able to listen to it. Thank you so much for being a listener of the show. A few more things before we end this episode. First, if you know of a woman or a friend that would benefit from this show, send them a link to our website at startuppregnant.com. So many of you have already reached out and shared your stories, what this podcast is doing for you. And for that, I am so grateful. So if you know of somebody that would love to listen in, or you think that these stories would really hit it home for somebody, feel free to send it along. Second, if you've got a story that you need to share or tell, head over to startuppregnant.com and send us a note. We have had so much reader mail already, and your stories mean the world to us. We are proudly listener-sponsored, so if you want to sponsor the show and hear more episodes, head over to our Patreon page, and you can buy us a cup of coffee, or two, or three. We'll take many cups of coffee. If you want any of the show notes or links from this particular episode, all of the references and tools and tips that we talk about are always posted on startuppregnant.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.